It's time for part two of my all-star break. Sacramento Kings media roundtable. Jill Adge, Kenny Caraway, Brandon Nunez, and Franklin Cardicelli back with me here. If you missed part one of our conversation on yesterday's podcast, where we focused a lot on Monty McNair's approval rating uh, and the DeMontis Sabonis Tyrese Halliburton trade, go and check that out. Because on today's pod, the five of us are discussing what comes next for Monty McNair and the Kings, particularly in this upcoming offseason. We'll talk about a coaching search and we'll weigh the the best case scenario of the Kings making the play in and going for the playoffs immediately versus trying to put themselves in the best position for high draft lottery odds. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George and I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been covering the Kings now for eight seasons for sports uh, or formerly for Sports 1140 KHDK Radio, now with ABC 10 News and Television here in the California capital. Uh, And like I said, if you missed part one, go and check that out. Part two today uh, is really getting into the meat and potatoes of this conversation. I really enjoyed uh, the entire conversation that I had uh, with my four guests. I introduced them at the beginning of yesterday's uh, interview, but for those of you who need a reminder or are not too familiar with these uh, these people, one, you need to be. Uh, Jill Adge is a longtime Sacramento Kings super fan, very active on uh, Kings Twitter has been so for years, also as the host of the Sports Ethos Kings podcast. Uh, Kenny Caraway from ESPN 1320's D-Lo and KC, which you can check out Monday through Friday uh, from noon to 4 p.m. Uh, you can uh, catch him there, and he joins me. Uh, Brendan Nunez from the Kings Pulse podcast and the Kings Herald with us, and Franklin Cardicelli from Sports 1140 KHDK uh, and the Return of the Roar podcast. So those are the four joining me. Uh, an absolute pleasure for me to have them on now. I hope you enjoy uh, part two of our media roundtable. Guys, what is a better case scenario for the final 22 or whatever games of this season? Is it Fox and Sabonis hitting it off immediately, this team winning games and making the play? And I'm not going to say playoffs, but having a chance at the playoffs through the play. And is that the best case scenario? Or is it the two of them plus DiVincenzo, Mitchell, the other guys getting a lot of minutes together, working through the rust? Maybe the wins don't come, but it's not the fault of Fox and Sabonis necessarily. And this team being a better draft lottery odds position to add a young piece to that core this offseason going into next year, which absolutely to me, there's no excuses for next year. Absolutely playoffs are bust, which is kind of what we said about this season mm-hmm. <laughs> around a year ago. Uh, but what's the best case or better case scenario there for the remainder of the season? You think? I, I think that it's a better draft pick. Like, I, I think you need to see built chemistry between Fox and Sabonis. Like, you can't just be getting smacked around on court for the rest of this year, obviously. Um, but, you know, they're three and a half games out of the 10 spot mm. with what we have, about 20 games left, I think it is. Um, so they do have a little bit of an uphill battle. It certain, certainly wouldn't be bad to see them fight towards that and, you know, getting a 10 seed and, and getting that play-in experience if you're able to go and – eventually win those two games and even get swept in the first round. Like, I think that's a good experience. 
But I think if you're talking about having a top four pick in this draft, that that is where the team building seems so fun. And, and like, you just have so many options. Like there's a good argument to keep a top four guy. If, if you feel like that he'll also have somewhat of an impact now while he continues to grow or that asset combined with again, Harrison Barnes or Rashawn Holmes, you never know who's going to decide that they want a change of scenery this off season, like uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jalen Brown, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a handful of other names that we hear all the time that like, to me, the asset of what a top four pick would be would mean more to this franchise than ending the playoff drought. But maybe that's just me. No, it's just like I I think having a top four pick for sure is the better. I would rather have a top four pick to make the plan. 100 percent. If if that's I know if I know I have a choice, I want top four or plan. I'm going top four. The only like problem with that is I don't know how the Kings get there if they're going to have this roster to a top four pick because it's scary. It's kind of like what we've seen the last three years. The Kings have been right there, right on the cusp of making the playoffs. I believe in 2019 when they had their best season in, what, 10, 12 years, they won 39 games. They missed the playoffs by two games. The bubble, they missed the playoffs by two games. Last year, they missed the playoffs by, I think, three or four. It's um, it's scary because I feel like they are, they're right there again. They're, they're too good to – be top five top six draft pick but they're not good enough to be within the top 10 top nine teams so i i think the talent they have right now they could make a run for the plan and it'd be really exciting or they can fall short and they have to draft in the top 12 again i i just don't know how they get to a top four pick without shutting some of these guys down maybe they do maybe they lose the next maybe four of the next five and a phantom injury pops up for one of the big guys and that might, might be how they get there but like I was saying earlier, there's no more Lewis King, Robert Woodard, Jamias Ramsey's. There's Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles and, and Davion. And if you want to run down the end of the season with those guys, yeah, I think you'll get a top four pick. It's just I don't know if Monty and Vivek, mostly Vivek, have that intention. Well, the thing, like as we've already seen, though, where we've seen these guys play well, but their opponents are better. And there's a lot of that to for these last 22 games, too. So you might. You might not even have to sit anybody realistically um, for that to happen. I mean, it, best case scenario, as Brandon said, like Brandon said, you see these guys start to build something, win or lose, and they get a good asset opportunity when it comes to the pick. But, I mean, too, for so long I've been asking them, like, you you keep saying you want to do this prove it prove it prove it like i would have a hard time being mad if they finally proved it you know mm -hmm. for the first time that they could actually do it because i think for someone like fox to actually prove to himself that he can do it seems like that could you know maybe spark something under under him and the other guys as well um when it comes to team building the top 4 i think obviously would be your preferable asset building opportunity um but i would be cheering like hell if they were able to pull this off in the last 22 games and people would really get to see what we keep saying what this place could be like when you actually see them have that opportunity again which we haven't you know been able to show for 15 years so as a fan in that sense i would love to be you know excited about that kind of stuff again yeah i'm gonna zag just a little bit here um 
I think the second you called the league office and made the trade for uh, Sabonis to trade Halliburton away, your recruitment of Sabonis started. Mm -hmm. And every second has to be proving to him that this is a place where you need to be and this is where you need to stay and we're doing something. So, like, the draft pick, I mean, it, it would be cool. Like, I, I even look at it like this. Um, you know, I, I'm, James Ham mentioned it on the show, and I kind of agree with him. I think it's probably less than 50% they even keep the pick. You know, so it's, it's an asset um, right now. But everything that you do for the next, I guess he's eligible for an extension after next season is to say, hey, Sabonis, we're going in the right direction. You want to be here. We can win here. We can get this done. And just for Monty's job and and the, the sanity of everybody, you want to make – like if Sabonis is playing well, Fox is playing well, I find it hard to believe that they lose enough games to get a top five pick. You know what I mean? Like if they're, if they're losing games to get a, a top five, top four pick – then they got a whole lot more problems than just losing games. Like Fox and Simonis don't work. They're not on the right path. It Like it creates so many more problems. Whereas if they have a strong finish to the season, and obviously hopefully you make some type of plan, but if you're a game or two short, I feel like that's something that you could build on with the guys that you have here. You can look at Fox and Simonis and be like, you know what? This isn't a failed experiment. We just didn't have enough time. Let's get ourselves together for next year and let's make a run at this next year. So I, I just kind of look at it like that. Everything that, that Brandon said, all, all you guys said was uh, was on point and I understand it, but I just think it's it's imperative to prove now to DeMontis Sabonis that this is a place where you can be long-term and you can be successful and you can be part of a winner. And I think that started the day he took the floor against Minnesota. Can I uh, can I pitch this to you guys? I'm curious where you guys are at with this because I think this is where it becomes the trade becomes a little suspect when you actually like sit and go through the standings and it's like a full year of this team. Where are they sitting in the standings? Like you just traded away what is probably I don't know. Maybe I, I take some issue with people that say Tyrese is the best player, but there are certainly moments where Tyrese has been the best player this season. Mm -hmm. Um, you just trade away that guy. You would have had seven years of team control um, for these two years left of Sabonis. And Sabonis is a damn good player, like we all said. But when you sit there and look, like if you had a full year with this team, where are you in the Western Conference standings? The six-seeded Nuggets are getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. next season. The Clippers are getting back Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, the Trailblazers have a lot of money, a lot of money they're working with, and we'll have to see which direction they go in. The Lakers are, you know, if, if Anthony Davis gets healthy, like the Spurs could continue to get better. Like, I, I think that there's still somehow a world where you're looking at the Western Conference standings with this entire roster that I think we all agree is an improved team. But mm. I'm like, man, are they even still just fighting for the play in next year? Well, that's why this has to be step one. It has to be like there has to be you have to do what the Cleveland and Chicago did. Like you he can't have last offseason be this offseason. You can't make that move and then not be extremely aggressive in your follow ups. Mm -hmm. You have to hit everything else now 
for, for that to be a win. Right. And to you me, think- that kind of makes me excited because I don't see you making that that move if you're not going to be extremely aggressive in your in your follow-ups. Man, you if got- he is, this place is going to burn. <laughs> Seriously. The thing about it is you got moves still to be made, right? You've got a Richard Holmes. You've got your draft. You, you did all this. That was, I mean, obviously the key to all this is you were able to do this without moving on from the first round pick. So you have that in your back pocket. You have a decision that you can make with Harrison Barnes if you want to. So there's still pieces to be moved with this particular trade. I think with this, with this team, I mean, the four games or whatever it says they're a 500 team. I don't know if they're a 500 team with, with this all year, but I think they're, they're better than all the teams that they're fighting for 10 with. I think they're better than this Lakers team. Um, they can get into that seven, eight range or whatever to, with this particular team. I still think they're a player short. Like they, they need another player to elevate to another place. And that's where Monty's got to do some work in the off season. But if they, if they made this trade four weeks ago, I think they're easy with this particular team. They're easily in the playing scenario right now. Yeah. You look back at all the, the awful losses they've had, just horrible, horrific, whether it be the, the two missed free throws from Fox. It's a one point loss, which I know that's not, it's the people want to point to that, but point is so many bad losses. You have to imagine, or in my mind, I know that they would be a better team than they are right now. And I don't think that's saying too much. Is it, admit they'd probably be like in the nine ten right now if this was the roster the whole year but yeah like for next year there's more moves to be made like we said and the fact is this though they have their guys they get to go into the offseason with the core of De'Aaron, Sabonis, DiVincenzo and Davion the rest of that everyone else is on the table and that's kind of the fun part that's a lot of things that that the fan base should be excited for um and the fact that the Kings can maybe end the year with some noise and go into the next year with some momentum. And that's kind of the biggest takeaway. Like Jill said, this having something to build off of the Kings. We're, we're talking about a, a 39 win season here in 2019. That's what people are looking back to as the golden era of the 16 year drought was the, the scores are here, which that was fun. That was great, but it'd be a lot more fun if they could kind of roll into this next six, seven weeks with some momentum. And we saw what happened with the Suns in the bubble and was that direct correlation? I like to think so. You come in the bubble and just sweep and win every every game. Come in the next year, you go to the finals. So it's um, it's it's an interesting time. It's just gonna be an interesting time, like always here. And that's kind of the thing. Like we brought up, you brought up the Chris Webber thing, and everyone loves to bring that up, but no one loves to bring up that after they got Chris Webber, all of the moves they made that off season in addition to that. You had Jason Williams. You, uh, Peja was finally coming over. Um, you. When they get John Barry and Vernon Maxwell. There was John Barry. Yep. Yeah. And there were like three kind of bench guys that they got. And yeah. I mean, it was like, there ended up being five or six moves that like all coincided together. Similar that, that we saw with the Chicago's too, right? and the Cleveland's. And so again, like, again, like we all go back to that, you know, the big move, but. I don't think anything still happens with that move if you don't, you know, hit on those follow-ups. And so um, to me, like we keep saying, that's going to be the, I think the hit or miss of, of what happens, what happens after this. 
Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where to find the next coach is going to land, the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, your podcasts, and your news this season. And it's not just basketball, of course. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, and even had all a bunch of uh, Olympic coverage as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. It absolutely is what Jill's saying. It is step one. But I think to Brendan's point, the concern that I might have, I, I do have, is if the Kings are going to really make that step, they can't just add complementary pieces. They need another big piece. It doesn't have to be on the level of a Sabonis uh, or a, uh, a De'Aaron Fox necessarily, but they need another big piece. And what are you using to get that big piece that doesn't make it almost a net neutral deal? Like to me, we love to compare to the Chicago Bulls, which is fantastic. The Chicago Bulls pulled off a sign and trade of DeMar DeRozan, who's playing like an MVP right now. The Kings notoriously in free agency are terrible. They, like it's just that's that's the way it is. So I I hesitate saying oh the Kings will just go and get that guy in free agency. It's probably coming either in the draft or in the trade, which of course you could use the draft to your advantage in a big trade. You have a guy like Rashawn Holmes that has value that I think you can move on for. But what can you really get for him? If you want to pull the trigger on trading away Harrison Barnes, I get you can get better than Harrison, but he's also a solid rock uh, and and part of this team uh, that I don't think is necessarily as easy to replace as some people. Um, may think going forward. So I think the concern is, and I appreciate Monty. He's finally lived up to what he said when he first came in, he said, we want to stay flexible so that when a player like Sabonis becomes available, we can be contenders for him. And lo and behold, they were able to get him. I applaud McNair for that because past general managers wouldn't even have tried because it's just Sacramento and, and they're, they don't, they're afraid to lose their jobs. But now he has to live up to it and then some and really work against the reputation and the history of the Kings in the offseason, which is an inability to make a big move like that. When the Kings have made big trades in the past, it's really been in season. And the biggest trades that I can point to are like the DeMarcus Cousins trade or like the Rudy Gay trade of a number of uh, years ago. Those happened in season. Offseason wise, and maybe I'm, I'm missing something here. I can't remember the Kings making a big splash in the offseason. And I think it's going to take a maybe not massive, but a significant splash for this team to really be in the position to say, oh yeah, we're a playoff team next year. And they, they, I think they kind of have to be that with a with a two-time All-Star and Sabonis now with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, this is where I look at the, the Phoenixes, the Clevelands of the people that kind of did it outside of that, right? Like mm -hmm. Phoenix had enough of the core, like fundamentally really good pieces that you add Chris Paul to. And yeah. even... You know, with Chris Paul out, now we're going to see what those guys are really made of. But, mm -hmm. I mean, they had been playing really well. Cleveland, nobody thought anything of those mesh of guys together. And look what happens when you have a bunch of tall, you know, six, eight and above um, guys that can play inside and outside. I, I do think that, yes, it's going to take another big piece. But I think he's kind of shown, too, that at least so far through the draft, He's been able to kind of find those guys that are fundamentally sound that can, you know, that are going to last in the league. And that's something that this team has been missing when they get guys. It's like, okay, this guy, he's going to leave Sacramento and he's not going to last. Right. Like everyone loves to make fun of us that players need to just get out of Sacramento and they'll be fine. 
but we have maybe a handful of guys in the last 15 years that have been fine once they left. A lot of, plenty of them are, you know, are out of the league. And so it, he needs to make, I think you have the homes, you have your, all your draft picks, no matter where they fall. Um, and you have Barnes being your, your biggest, you know, kind of trade pieces out there. And I will even say Fox could still be that big piece too. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody even bigger than him becomes available, we have seen, I'm not sold that he wouldn't make that move either. You know what I mean? Like that he wouldn't hesitate to, to do something there. So. And here, here's the, here's the other thing. And, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a low bar, I guess, but I think realistic, if you look at this team and they kept Halliburton, his franchise was hopeless. Like there was hope. Like as much as I love Halliburton, they didn't have the setup with that roster with Fox and Halliburton, because I just me, I didn't think that was that was going to do nothing for you. Then you had Rashawn Holmes starting at center. That's a tough sell. You still didn't have a power forward. You still didn't know what you were going to do with Davion Mitchell and where his minutes were going to come from. Um, so, like, where where do you where do you get better? Because you need at that point, you probably need a starting center. You still need a power forward. And that backcourt, I don't know. You probably need a shooting guard or a point guard, one of the two. But who are you giving up, Fox? Like, it was hopeless. Now you got moves. You got a legit starting center. I'll just keep the two-time all-star center. You got that. You've got your all-star talent player back at point guard. Now, and now you also, we talk about Fox's resurgence. You got a little resurgence from Harrison Barnes. So now you've got your starting small forward back. So now you going into this offseason, you got to figure out what I'm going to do at the small forward spot, or excuse me, at the power forward spot and at the shooting guard spot. And I just feel that's a little manageable, a little more digestible than looking at this roster and be like, all right, like think about Indiana. If you're Indiana, you got Halliburton. You need everything. You need everything. Like Duarte's cool. You need a small forward. You need a power forward. Miles Turner is kind of like Rashawn Holmes. Like they're not turning this around in two years, at least with Sacramento. Maybe they aren't either. But you got hope. You got moves. You've got a you've got a foundation. It feels like to be able to build off of. That, that's just the way I see it. Boy, it would be a disaster though if the Pacers make the playoffs before the Sacramento Kings do. I tell you what, and, and no, I wouldn't. Would, would would, That's what I'm, it would be. <laughs> I'm not even going to put that onto the universe. I take it back. I don't even want to talk about that stuff. But how Come much, on, guys? Matt. I know. I'm sorry. I'm. It, it's just a. It's a. It's a natural. Buddy uh, Heald's an All Star next year. Stop. You're just Brennan's. saying what we've all thought. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's Brendan Nunez. We'll let him go, and we'll just do a four man <laughs> show for the remainder. Guys, the last thing that I had is we we're talking about offseason moves and the addition to this roster, which is extremely important. But how much is this upcoming, really, hopefully, full coaching search? play into the success of this uh, this team going forward. I personally, as much as I like Alvin Gentry and I appreciate him, I don't think he has really a shot. He'll be involved in the interview process. I don't think he has much of a shot. I don't know if you guys have candidates out there, names that you'd be interested in. Jill, you are the queen of when the Kings mm-hmm. have a vacancy, you'll put together a list of about 400 different people that end up being fanta- fantastic elsewhere and the Kings don't hire them. Uh, so Jill, if you have names to throw out there that you think would be great, guys, if you think, and just the idea of like, we know this is a player's league and coaches are more fall guys than anything else but the right coach 
with this group going forward, I think could make a massive difference immediately this off season and next year. Hmm. Yeah. My, I'm excited for my summer when, when that comes. <laughs> so are um, we. Yeah. No, I've already put a couple up and I'll probably bring them back up again over the summer. I don't know if my Sam Cassell has, I was more so when the thought of Fox and Halliburton kind of going, but again, I still think, to go to the next level, you're going to need Fox and Davion to be, you know, just as big as, as those other guys. And he is that guard whisperer um, and has done nothing but win as a player and as a coach. And so he just seems to have the respect of everybody and his resume, I think stands for itself and what he's been able to do with all the guards under his wings, no matter whether it be Washington, the Clippers, and now the Sixers, you see them all flourish um, and win. I, I think that's that's huge. You have your Kenny Atkinson, you know, who does nothing but take teams that people think won't, you know, be maybe much of anything and make them succeed and bring out the best in everybody. So I think that, I mean, we could all use that here. Um, you have your Darvin Ham and Adrian Griffin who've done nothing but be assistants for 10 plus years under winning, you know, organizations and coaches and some of the best in the league credit them for being where they are in the league today. So again, you have your, your scheme and your player development guys. And so there's a lot of options. You have um, Rick Adelman's son, David Adelman running the almost Princeton offense in Denver right now under Jokic. I mean, that seems very appealing um, for a, you know, Sabonis type player that we now have in, uh, in Kingsland. And so, you know, that would be a hell of a full circle moment if, uh, if he was ever to, you know, to get that kind of position again here. But to me, what's exciting is there's a lot of names out there and now you have a lot of new pieces to work with. And so I think not even just hitting on a name is going to be important. It's finding the right scheme and something that all of these guys are going to, excel at um to take you to that to that next step and actually believe in it and build it right like none of this and that's why i'm excited monty will seemingly get his get his guy right we kind of heard last year that it was chris finch of all people right um who ended up getting hired by minnesota and i would think he would stay there based on what he's doing now but again you never know and now we have a big man which he you know seems that's kind of been his role in the league is excelling with, with bigs. He was with um, Anthony Davis and Boogie in New Orleans. And then they brought him over um, to Denver to, you know, grow, um, help grow um, Jokic. And then now he's in Minnesota with Towns. And so who knows what will happen there? I mean, seemingly he has them playing really well, so I don't see them letting him go. But um, that is a name, right, that none of us ever – thought of and then we heard after the fact saying that oh if he was available Luke probably would have been gone and that's the guy you would have hired so um I'm excited about the options right that's and a real search seemingly for the first time that's what I was gonna say um, when in was the, the Vivek last, era and when was the last era, time did, like, did they we, do a full search for Jaeger did Jaeger I feel like they did nope. a couple then they just Vlade, gave him the Vlade, job immediately Vladi did a bunch of interviews but as I ham and a bunch of other people said, it wasn't even necessarily his guy. Like he became available and it was like, we're, we're yeah. getting him. And granted, it, 
I mean, it worked, you know, towards yeah. the end. Um, that, was, that was the year they wanted Luke Walton, though, and he said, no, I'm going right. to the Lakers. And then Jaeger became available, and the Kings just scooped him up. No, I mean, the Kings have not undergone a, a so, full coaching search in yeah. years, the yeah. which is the, crazy the, to think about how many coaches have been in this freaking city and how many yeah. of them have just been hired off on a whim. So The Carl I mean, because the first Malone was – the first hire was Malone and that was Vivek. I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't even a GM. And so Before Pete. the only interviews we had was that one version of Lottie. And then we find that, you know, and then we found out later it wasn't his. And so this will be the true GM's first <laughs> in, in what, eight, nine years. So. Ugh. God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to leave all the names to Jill. She's definitely <laughs> the one for that, but there's but a lot more. So be excited for some, there's a lot more names. I'm sure. I, I bet Luke Walton is available. You know, not <laughs> Brendan, that's strike two. That's, Matt, Matt, that's bring strike back two Dave one. Yeager. Bring back Dave Yeager. Yeah. yeah. Why not see what all these guys got going on? Um, but you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of good options. I would be surprised to see Alvin come back unless they absolutely kill it with the rest of this season. And, mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's in the cards. Like Alvin is a really creative offensive coach. Um, and we've seen some flashes of uh, the Kings looking like one of the better passing teams in the league, albeit over what, like four or five games. But I'm going to go ahead and take my little bit of optimism and overreaction there since it's so rare. Um, but I, I think that like a coaching improvement is really crucial to this team um, moving forward. Like Monty Williams, as much as Chris Paul was the guy in um, Phoenix, I think also having that leadership voice alongside CP3 on the floor and Monty Williams in the locker room um, was was a big impact there. And a, a lot of times I, I think that you see these improvements with coaching. And to me, it's less of like, you know, there are these coaches where you're clearly helping your team win games. Um, and then I think there's this really big middle pack where they're just kind of middle yeah, I'm just going to go with middle of the pack coaches. And then there's the couple, like probably four or five at the bottom where it's like, man, I think you're actually contributing to losses a little bit here. And the Kings more often than not have had coaches in that last group. Mm. So even just jumping into the middle tier of coaching, I think would be a pretty big upgrade for this team. Um, I thought it was going to be the biggest change of last off season and where some improvement would be. Um, and I'm, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be weird of McNair to, I don't, I, I don't know how much I believe like that was fully McNair's decision, um, and he was like really riding with Walton going forward or anything. So I, I think that that is going to be a really big decision here this off season. This episode of Locked On Kings, as many episodes of Locked On Kings, are brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I know uh, that now that we're in the end, end of February, some of you have taken those New Year's resolutions to eat healthier, or to uh, go and work out at the gym more, and just be overall healthier. You've probably thrown those out the window, but don't worry. There's so much time this year still for you to get back on that horse, and to help you, there are Built Bars that... Check so many boxes. If you have a sweet tooth, and we all have a sweet tooth, allow Built Bar to replace those candy bars uh, that you love so much in a much healthier way. Candy bars on average have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So they're perfect for before or after a workout if you're trying to put on muscle, uh, if you're trying to lose weight. Built Bars do it all, and they also come in a multitude of great flavors covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, absolutely delicious, like I said, healthy for you. Uh, and there are a lot for you to try, so you really won't get bored. If you go to Built.com uh, and order a mixed box for your first box, they'll send you a bunch of different flavors for you to try. You can also see all their new flavors flavors that they're coming out with there all the time, or you can order your own custom box at any time where they'll send you the bars that you pick, um, that you might have identified as your favorite. Like for mine example is, uh, the mint brownie bar is my absolute favorite. Uh, so go and check out those bars and whatever you order on built.com, make sure you use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off. Again, that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Got you guys. I'm just listening to you guys. You guys, <laughs> you guys are not, do the coaches thing, man. That's that's not my lane, man. You know, I'm more of a roster guy. So, um, I'll ask you guys this: Do you think that there needs to be some talk or conversation with Fox and Sabonis about who they bring in? I feel like that's healthy, right? I mean, I feel like that's mm-hmm. healthy. If those are your guys you're going to build around, I feel like we've seen a lot of people. I mean, Damian Lillard, I think he selected Chauncey himself, if I'm not mistaken, I, I I think. I mean, the people, they go to their stars to ask what they think. And I think it would be it would be nice, some nice due diligence on Monty's part to say, hey, do you like Kenny Atkinson? Okay, do you like, um, you know, I, I, I think – Sam Cassell, we have Sam Cassell's name that you mentioned, Jill. What do you guys think? That I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to check with those guys versus hiring someone who maybe it's not quite De'Aaron's coaching fit. Maybe he doesn't love the fit. Maybe Sabonis doesn't love it. The last thing you need is more disgruntled players in the locker room. That's just right. the thing I'd say. And the guys that you want to be here, make sure they're happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the word that you used, Frankie, it, healthy is is a hundred percent. And 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 Brendan, I'm sure you have more to to add on this as well. Just thinking about like I even asked Monty McNair at the press conference how much Fox was involved potentially in the decision to trade for Demontis Sabonis because uh, we know that Fox has been asking for help for a while. And to Jill's point earlier in the pod the only help that the Kings have really given Fox is two other ball handlers <laughs> through the draft. So uh, I think it's hundred percent healthy. Don't make the decision based off of what Fox and Sabonis want, but there's no reason to me if a guy's coming in for a second or third interview, hell Vivek already likes to have 20 people in that room. Might as well add Fox and Sabonis to that too, and, and have them sit across the table from each other and say, Hey, this is what we can do together. This is what I envision for the two of you. If you, if you guys go with me and have that discussion, I think that's incredibly healthy, Frankie. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that just involving them in the discussion rather than, you know, them getting the final say is important um, because ultimately this should be all aligned with what Monty's vision of the team is. E- even if maybe it we come to realize that Monty isn't great at this, I think it's still undetermined. Um, but I think that everybody needs to be on the same page if we're going to even be able to find out. So it's got to be a guy that aligns with Monty's system. And I think as long as Fox and Sabonis don't hate the idea, like if winning fixes everything, right? Yeah, and and I think there's a fine line, like you said, of having them involved rather than right the decision-making. And it doesn't need to necessarily be public because we've seen how the last two played out very public of, 
these guys don't like to get yelled at. They don't like to get their feelings hurt. And then they want the players coach, but then they don't listen to the players coach. Like, so, I mean, it adds whole, you know, a bunch of other narratives that don't necessarily need to be there. Um, so I just hope that they're smart and clean about it and do whatever you have to do. Um, I, I would venture to guess almost every place has that conversation with their, you know, their core of, you know, when you're in those kind of final stages of, of getting those kind of feelers out. But at the end of the day, um, the GM should be making that right, that call and not anybody else. Yeah, I think like a dream pairing would be like Tyrese Halliburton, Rick Carlisle, you know, it would it would just really work. Buddy healed. He's gone. That's he's gone. That's strike. That's that's strike. That's strike three. We can't do it. <laughs> that's strike three, Brendan. That's strike three, man. You're I had to get the third one. In. That that would absolutely be a dream pairing. Yes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Now wait a minute. O'Shea Brissett. This is perfect. <laughs> Lance Stevenson. Bring them all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, All you, right. You give, if you give De'Aaron a choice for coach, he's going to say, hey, Vivek, let's lure Cal out of Kentucky. Let's find, let's give him the check he wants. <laughs> Bring him Boy. to sack. It, you know, that should be a joke, but the amount of times we've actually had that conversation here in Sacramento is, is enough for me to feel disgusted by that. But uh, as we wrap up here, like I feel so much pride when we do uh, round tables like this, because there are so many good people, so many smart people uh, that, that, are here in Sacramento, not just as media members who cover the team, but as part of the fan base, you know, it's a joke, but it's, it's kind of not a joke too. Uh, it's good that fans don't run a team, but the Kings might've been in a better spot a number of times had Sacramento Kings fans and some media members run this team. But uh, to have the the four of you join me, plus the other great media members that I've had on in these round table before other guests of lockdown Kings podcast, all the great podcasts, radio shows, TV shows that, that cover the Kings. It really is a pleasure for me to be a part of. So guys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this is fun. And hopefully we'll do this again, either after the Kings make the play in slash playoffs this off season, or after the Kings get a top pick this off season, or regardless, we're going to have to do this again during the off season. Cause I have a feeling there's going to be some fireworks, but thank you guys so much. It really was a total pleasure for me to have the four of them on for this Kings media roundtable. And based off the reaction to part one, a lot of you seem so uh, interested in, to enjoy it a lot. A lot of you join the conversation, which I absolutely appreciate. Uh, these are things that I would love to do more and have different Kings media members on. I've done a couple of media roundtables going back to last season and last off season, um, but this one was especially good. Uh, so if you want more of this kind of content, please let me know. I'll definitely do one this upcoming off season. You can tell me on Twitter at Matt George Sack, email me Matt George Sports at gmail.com uh, or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section if you're watching uh, down below. So check out all of uh, the other Kings roundtables that I've done and make sure you let me know uh, if you want me to do more and check out the, the work of the four of my guests here today. Uh, it was, they're just phenomenal people. And I, I meant what I said there at the end. I feel so much pride for putting together episodes like this and being able to uh, work with so many great people in the, uh, the Kings media scene. Uh, and uh, hopefully we can uh, continue those relationships going forward. If you haven't left a review of the Locked on Kings podcast, if you could please do that, that would be fantastic. Apple Podcasts or iTunes, the best place to do that. Hit five stars. There's a little box for uh, a custom review of yours, why you would encourage others to listen to Locked on Kings. 
Um, it helps us out a ton if you could do that. And if you're listening on Spotify, there's now uh, a star system there. Hit five stars, of course, if you think the show is worthy of that rating. I really would appreciate it. And, of course, I'd appreciate you joining me on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast, where I'm scheduled to be joined by Rafael Barlow of Locked On NBA Draft. Uh, he is going to give us an early preview of this draft class. If there's any names that he thinks would be a perfect fit for the Kings, we won't just talk about the names at the top of the draft. We'll talk about the names in the late lottery range where the Kings might end up if they go for the plan in playoffs like I think they are. Uh, and if there are some names in that range that could really be difference makers for the Kings as early as next season for that playoff push. So we'll discuss all of that. I hope you'll join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.